be seated. In, in absence of your pastor, uh, I have to be chosen to speak to you this morning. Lord bless you for being here. I'm glad to be here. In fact, it's always good to come to the house of God. Praise God. And those that are online, and um, we welcome you. And our visitors, we welcome you. We're glad you're here in the house of the Lord. Uh, the ushers are going to give you a um, little paper I designed that on the back you might want to write down some scriptures uh, that I'm going to give. And while they're handing those out, uh, if you have a Bible or would like to turn with me to 1 Samuel, the 10th chapter and the third verse. 1 Samuel 10 and verse 3. I'm going to take this scripture strictly out of context. Just take it and uh, talk to you about uh, this third verse, uh, but uh, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of, of uh, outline uh, so that you'll understand what I'm talking about. I, I had the uh, privilege uh, about couple weeks ago to uh, go to kindergarten. I've been a long time since I've been in kindergarten. But I went to kindergarten class with Tegan and uh, the monitor, the teacher was telling the students and of course Tegan and I, uh, we were listening to it and she was uh, reminding them how to follow instructions. Now these are five-year-old children. And she said, now remember the story that I told you of the three pigs. One pig didn't follow instructions and he built a house out of straw. And then the next pig out of sticks uh, didn't follow instructions. And then the third one built, of course, out of brick. He followed instructions. So she was trying to emphasize with the story of the three pigs. Well, it's been a long time since I heard the story of the three pigs and uh, about the big bad wolf that huffed and puffed and blew the houses in except the one that was made of brick. And she was telling them, so please follow instructions. And so uh, when I thought of the story of the three pigs, I heard someone about a month ago speaking about three goats, three goats. Now I'm not an animal expert, so I don't, I, I can't tell you about all the characteristics of goats. But I entitled this message, not three pigs, because some of you will leave here and say, I went to church Sunday morning and the bishop talked about three pigs. No, 
I don't want you to say that. I want you to say, I went to church and the bishop talked about three goats. You say, well, what has that to do with church? Well, I'm going to try to tell you the story of uh, three, three goats. I want to read now to you 1 Samuel 10th chapter, and I'm taking this out of context, third verse. Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God, to Bethel, one carrying three kids. Now three kids are three young goats. When it says kids, we often sometimes say, you kids, stop this. Well, kids referring, this is where kids are young goats. So it said, three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine, which the bottle of wine, and I'll show you, would be a wine skin bottle uh, that they put uh, wine in. So, now, this 10th chapter and 3rd verse, to understand this, you always have to go a little bit either back, forward, and kind of find out what, what is going on. The, let's go back just a, a couple chapters to give you an outline. In the eighth chapter of Samuel, children of Israel became kind of rebellious and they said, we want a king. God spoke to Samuel, uh, the prophet, uh, and said, they have not rejected you, they have rejected me, so give them, allow them to uh, have a king. Then in the ninth, that, that chapter is all about Samuel and talking about these uh, Israel wanting a king and so on. Then you go to the ninth chapter uh, of Samuel and you find Saul's father, whose name was Kish, uh, some camel, some not camels, but some donkeys got out. And so he said to his son, whose name was Saul. He said, uh, Saul, uh, I want you to take a servant and go find our donkeys. Wherever they are, they're loose, they're out, and uh, uh, of course, uh, we need these uh, donkeys. So Saul, who was a young man, in fact, uh, head and shoulders uh, above, very tall, handsome, good-looking young man, took a servant, and he is out uh, trying to find uh, his father's or their uh, donkeys. And uh, so uh, they looked, and they looked, this is in the ninth chapter, and they looked, they went from one province to another, they couldn't find the donkeys. So Saul said, well, I know my dad's gonna be worried about me, and at this point, they're gone almost three days. And so he said, we, we have to go back. And the servant, the servant said, uh, 
Saul, there's a man of God over in this next providence, and usually he has answers for us. Let's go and uh, ask him if he can help us. Well, Saul said, usually you give a gift to the man of God when you go and ask him uh, about something. And uh, he said, we do, we've eaten our bread. We don't have anything to give him. Uh, and uh, the servant says, well, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver here. Uh, and uh, he said, we can give that to the gift. It was customary to do that in this day when you went to talk to the man of God uh, about something. Now, lesson number one, uh, sometimes it's good to listen to the servant. Saul told his servant, you know what, you've really spoken well. I think that's a good idea because we've searched and searched and couldn't find my dad's donkeys. Let's go and ask the man of God. And since you have uh, the gift of, of silver, let's go and ask him. You've uh, said very well. And so uh, they go to the man of God. Uh, this now is in the ninth chapter. Uh, you can read all of this. They go to the man of God and uh, they give him the gift and uh, they uh, uh, ask him. God had already been ahead of Saul and his servant. He talked to Samuel, the man of God, and said, a man is coming to you about the donkeys. The donkeys are fine. They're, we found them, they're well, and you can tell them that. And he, Saul, is the one that God has chosen to be the head of my people to guide them, to lead them. He's actually going to be, I want you to anoint him to be king. So Saul did not know this. Neither did the servant know that. God is already ahead of them, made the, had, had everything arranged for when uh, he uh, came. Uh, uh, which uh, it's always just like the Lord. He's always a step ahead. Don't, don't ever feel like, well, Lord, you don't know what's going to, he already knows what's and what you're doing, where you're going, how you're, what's going to happen. He's already ahead. So he was ahead of them and he, uh, he then, uh, he told them what to do. And that's the verse that I read to you uh, in, in now we're in uh, the 10th chapter uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, 1 Samuel. Then thou shalt go, and he's telling them, forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. There thou shalt meet three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a bottle of wine. So he tells Saul and his servant, when you're headed to Tabor, you're, gonna, you're going to meet three men. And I, uh, going, going up to Bethel, uh, 
and I first thing I want you to notice here that it says these three men that you're going to meet are going up to Bethel. When you come to God, you're always going up. You never go down. You always go up. Every time I come to the altar for prayer, every time I come to ask God for help, I'm not going down, you're going up. Bethel was the house of God. And, and, and I'll explain to you why they, they, they said that was the house of God, was because uh, in, um, I think it's Genesis 28th chapter, uh, you will read about the 10th verse, you will read that Jacob went there, had a dream and saw a ladder that reached from earth to heaven, angels going up and down. And uh, uh, Jacob said, this is the house of God. It's the gate to heaven. I'll take this stone and I'll build here an altar. And uh, he worshiped God there. And uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, when, he, when he built the altar, he said, this is the gate to heaven. So Bethel represents the house of God. So God bless you, God bless me, God bless us. When you come to the house of God, you're going to Bethel. You're always going up. Thank the Lord. You build an altar, thank the Lord, whether it's here in the altar or altar in the back of church, we build this altar, why? To meet God, because this is the house of God. This is the uh, gate to heaven. Now, he said, uh, and I like to study numbers, as you know, and uh, if you will notice that it says, 1 Samuel 10th chapter, 3rd verse. It says, three men will be headed to Bethel. One of them carrying three loaves. One of them carrying three kids or young donkeys. So there's three, 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 three. Is three important? Well, uh, when you talk about divisions of time, you talk about uh, uh, the past, the present, and the future. Three represents that which is complete. It's kind of uh, uh, a, a divine uh, perfection. Three represents in God's word. Uh, seraphims in Isaiah and in Revelation in heaven cry holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They use it three times, holy, holy, holy. Well, that's complete. Don't need to go any further. It's, it's complete. And when we talk about the Godhead, we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. These three are one, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. When you talk about man, you talk about body, soul, and spirit. Complete. We're one, but we are uh, complete. And uh, if you will notice here, it says three men came up to Bethel, and each one of them had something to bring. 
One, of course, had the three goats, and one had three loaves, and one had the bottle wine skin of wine. You never come up to Bethel, you never come up to God empty-handed. Now that's <coughs> not just in the sense of an offering or tithes, but it's in the sense of you're giving something. You never come to God empty-handed. In Romans, the 12th chapter, and the first verse tells us that you do what? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. If you say, I don't have anything to bring to God, you bring yourself. Every time I come to God, I have something to bring to Him. Present yourself a living, your bodies a living. I, God, here I am. Bless me, touch me, use me, heal me. Here I am. I'm bringing, I, I, whether I have a thousand dollars in my pocket or I have a dime, it's not the money, it's not, it's not, I have my talent, my time, my energy. Present yourself a living sacrifice. So everybody comes to God with something if you just come with yourself. Thank the Lord. Because he said, present yourself uh, a uh, living sacrifice. Now, uh, one of the individuals, and uh, now if I were coming to meet the Lord, I wouldn't mind carrying three loaves of bread. In fact, I could put them in my robe or a sack and, and Lord, uh, here I am. Uh, I have three loaves of bread. That's complete. It's, uh, uh, here I am. I'm bringing these uh, to the Lord. Now, uh, I want you to look at uh, Leviticus, the second chapter, and the fourth verse. Leviticus 2 and verse 4. And if thou bring an oblation of a grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of, of fine flour mingled with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil. In Leviticus 7 and 13. Besides the cakes he shall offer for his offering, leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his, of his peace offering. So, I said everybody has something to bring to God. This is a meat offering, not meat that we know of, 
that we would eat, but this is called a bread offering, a meat offering, baked fine flour, and they bake it and they bring it to God. Now, uh, what kind of offering does this represent? This represents a thanksgiving offering. Every day, I try, when I get up in the morning, when I open my eyes and head for the, to get some breakfast, when I sit down, the first thing I do is thank God. Lord, I thank you. I had rest, whether it was a good night or good rest or whatever, but I, I say a little thanks to God. A bread offering is that of just Lord, I'm thankful. I'm alive. I'm well. I'm able to walk around. And, and Lord, I have a little sense. Maybe not much, but God, I thank you that uh, uh, this is a thanksgiving offering to God. I'm, I'm Lord, I just want to thank you. As I said, you, you present yourself. You can't come to God empty-handed. Thank the Lord. I thank God I made it to church without an accident. God, I thank you that I was able to get up and eat some breakfast. There has to be a, a spirit of thanksgiving. And so one of them, one of these men was coming. He was, thank, Lord, I've come to thank you. I just want to, uh, I'm able, I'm glad I'm able to walk up to Bethel. And uh, I have the strength and uh I just want to give you thanks, Lord, for uh, being able to come to Bethel. So, uh, as I said, nobody comes uh, empty-handed uh, to God. Now, uh, I made a wineskin because I didn't have one. But a wineskin kind of looks like this. Maybe it's made usually made out of goat skin and it has a top on it where you pour out and then usually a bottom there's a little part where it, you can drain it and they put this uh, in and usually it has a thing where you could well not too bad to uh, come to God uh, and um, what does this offering represent this is, had wine in it, and uh, uh, let's read 1 Samuel, the 10th chapter. Well, we read that. Let's go to Leviticus uh, 23 and 13. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of an hen. Now, go to uh, Psalms uh, 42 and verse 1. And the heart, and as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat 
day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. The bread offering was that of thanksgiving. The wine offering is what you come to God and pour. They poured it out at the front of the altar. Why? This is the sacrifice to God. Now, we don't come with a skin, wine skin of wine and pour out. But you pour out your heart and your soul to God. That's what he talked about. What does it say uh, that uh, in, uh, in, in fact, in Psalms 62 and verse 8, it talks about pouring out my heart to God. Lord, here I am. Uh, you know what? Uh, there, there's sometimes we pray for others. We lay hands on them and anoint them. Sometimes we pray for our neighbor, our friend, individual in church, and we say, God, touch them, heal them. And uh, then there's sometimes uh, I pour out my soul to God. I just talk to God for me. Lord, here I am. I need help. I need strength. I need your divine wisdom. I need you to guide me. Sometimes I just have to talk to God for me, I have to pour my soul out. And uh, in Acts, the second chapter, 17th verse, it talks about God pouring out the Spirit of God. And in Acts uh, 10:45, it talks about to pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So sometimes I have to come to God and just pour out the sacrifice that I bring is just to pour out my heart to God. Say, Lord, here it is. I'm, I'm, uh, this, is this is costly wine, but I'm, I'm pouring out my soul to you. So sometimes when you, if you come to God, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, a thanksgiving offering. Sometimes it's uh, uh, an offering of just pouring out my soul to God. Here I am. Now, I've never been able to figure this out. And I, I tried to read, and, and uh, sometimes when it says certain things in God's Word, it may mean something else. But it says, uh, there, you're going to meet, Saul, you're going to meet an individual carrying three kids. Well, sister, my wife, Sister Shulstrand, helped me make some goats. These are little kids. These are young goats. So it says in the Bible they were carrying, one individual was carrying three goats. How do you carry three goats? Well, so I put one of these animals under here and they say that they tie the feet of the other one and put them over So here I got three goats. 
I'm going up to the house of God with three goats. Now, I don't know if carrying, he may have had them on a leash. I don't know. I would have, I'd have had to get, uh, where's Big Sam? <laughs> or uh, Matthew, I'd had to get someone big. I, I'd say, look at, you carry the goats, I'll carry the bread. <laughs> Because I can't figure out why here, how this individual carrying three goats. Now, if one's for you, and one's for you, and one's for me, you carry your own goat, and <laughs> you give me a loaf. But he was carrying three goats. Three kids. Now, how you do figure that, I, I don't know. But anyway, here he comes up to God. Now... I think you pretty well, I could put these bread underneath my robe, but there would be no need. It's a Thanksgiving offering. I could put this, hide this uh, uh, wineskin underneath my robe, uh, but there would be no need to because that represents an offering of God that you're pouring out your heart, your soul to God, uh, a good offering. Well, the goats... They represent a sin offering. The first thing I'm thinking, boy, this guy is bad. <laughs> he's a bad sinner if he's got, if he's bringing, I don't know who he's bringing the goats for. I'm going to bring one for you, and one for you, <laughs> and one for you. These are sin, this represents a sin offering. A goat. There's a lot of different scriptures about a goat in the Bible, scapegoat, and there were a lot of but anyway, here he is bringing three goats representing a sin offering to God. Now, how would you like to come into church and say, folks, I've been bad today. I really have been bad. I'm, I'm just, uh, I want you all to know I'm, uh, I'm a bad sinner here. I got the three sin offerings. You only have to bring one, one goat. Well, he's bringing three. I thought, wow. Uh, three goats, three sin offerings. And then I got to thinking, well, uh, what do these goats represent? Sin offering. So I started looking at God's word, and you can look in because there's just a lot of information about goats in the Bible. And uh, the first one I found, this goat represents um, deception. And so I went to Genesis 27th chapter, 9th verse. Genesis 27 and verse 9. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids, young goats, of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth. Now go to the, the 16th verse. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. This, this goat represents deception. This is the story 
of Jacob, Esau, you remember, who was this hunter, very hairy, and so his mother overheard Jacob talking to Esau about, I'm going to bless you, you're the firstborn. And so she says, go get a goat. I'll make him some, it'll taste like venison. And then we'll take the skin of the goat and we'll uh, put it on your arms and round your neck. And when he, he's blind, when he feels you, he'll think. And so when he came, when, he, when Jacob came to, uh, came to Jacob uh, uh, and uh, uh, said, you know, uh, bless me, bless me. And uh, uh, he said, well, it sounds like the voice of Jacob, but I feel like you're uh, Esau. And so uh, he blessed him. So this goat represents deception. Deceiving, trying to deceive. See, well, uh, cheating, trickery, uh, what else? Uh, believing that you're someone that uh, someone else, uh, and uh, Jacob who said, I'm Esau, it's the spirit of deception. And uh, Jesus said in St. Matthew 24, be not deceived. You're living in last days. Folks, these are days of deception. And I, I'll be honest with you, I listen to very little news anymore because I turn it on just to get a little weather and a little news. And it's, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if they're telling the truth or if it's, I can believe about this much of the news anymore. It's, a, it's an hour uh, uh, of deception. And Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. This goat represents deception. And uh, when I come to God, either I'm coming with thanksgiving offering or I'm coming to pour my soul out. I'm not anyone else. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I'm not trying to pretend I'm someone else. I'm not, I don't want to deceive anyone. I just want to come to you, Lord. Uh, I, I need you. I need your help. I need your blessings. And, and uh, so even though these are, are days of deception, uh, and this goat represents because they use the goat skins and they made uh, a venison out of this, a taste like venison out of this goat uh, meat to deceive uh, his father uh, and, and uh, that he was not Jacob, that he was Esau. And so that goat represents uh, that of uh, deception. But uh, he was carrying three goats. So I look, I was trying to find in God's word, what does this mean? And so I went to Genesis, the 37th chapter, and the, the, the 31st verse. And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. This goat represents 
jealousy, and hatred. Have you ever noticed how much hatred is in our world today? There's a spirit of hatred. It's not I dislike, it's I hate. Sad. But this goat represents a spirit of uh, uh, jealousy. And you know the story. They said, Joseph, here comes the dreamer. Let's take and kill him. Well, Reuben said, no, uh, let's not do that. Let's put him in a ditch. So they put him in a big hole, hole where he couldn't get out. These are my brothers. But they're so full of hatred and jealousy. And they put him in this. And of course, a uh, Ishmaelite uh, caravan was going down to Egypt. And they said, well, hey, let's sell him. So they sold him, I think it was 20 pieces of silver. But it represents jealousy. It represents hatred. So now I don't know if this man carrying the three goats, this was what he thought of. But uh, I'm just giving you, they use a goat, they killed a goat, they dipped the, his coat in the blood of that goat, that goat of, the, the goat of jealousy, see, represent, representing it. And they dipped it and brought it back to his father, aged father, and said, we found this coat and uh, uh, some wild beast must have killed Joseph. So it represents that of jealousy and hatred. If the spirit of that gets on you, head to Bethel, head to the altar, bring the goat there, get rid of it. Don't carry any kind of spirit of jealousy, envy, hatred. You, you, you got to get rid of it. You're going up to God. You gotta, I have to say, Lord, here it is. I'm giving it to you. And then the last goat, the third goat, I, I said, well, Lord, there's just a lot that it could represent. And uh, I looked in uh, Genesis, uh, the, the uh, 38th chapter, and I found the story. I'm not going to even relate it to you because it represents immorality. Sin, this is a sin offering, represents immorality. 38th chapter of Genesis and Judah and Tamar, his, uh, she had married uh, Judah's son. He died. And so he said, here's the second son. And he died. And so... Uh, he had a third son, but he didn't give her to her. And so uh, Tamar, she plays the part of a harlot and uh, uh, she uh, goes and meets him. And it's just a uh, horrible story of, of immorality. And, uh, and then uh, in the 38th chapter of Genesis, 17th verse, it, she says, well, you need to give me something. And so he says, okay, you can have my my staff keep this and you can have uh, my signet or my ring and my bracelet uh, keep that and so uh, he's she he says what do you want as a gift she said I want a goat so uh, Judah goes out to find a goat and when he comes back she's gone 
and so he can't find it. So he goes and says, there was a harlot here. And it's just a, a horrible story from Judah about, and you've, I know you've probably read it, uh, and uh, about immorality, sin. And so uh, he, uh, uh, he can't find her, so he goes back home, and then it comes out later, and he says, well, we're, uh, your, your, uh, your daughter-in-law is expecting and so uh, a child, and, and so he says, well, we're going to put her to death. That's immoral. That's wrong. And so uh, she said, well, here's, here's the father. And she says, this is the staff. And so he says to her, you're more righteous than I am. I'm the one that is at fault. Uh, and I, I uh, and so uh, anyway, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a story of immorality. And folks, I, I heard on uh, the news where, uh, and I think it's New York schools, uh, there's so much ungodliness, perversion, immorality that's going on. And they told students, kids in uh, uh, school, they said, no longer do you need to go home. Can you use the word mom and dad? It's not your mom and dad. These are folks, their family. But don't say that. You don't say boys and girls. These are students. See, I'm thinking, Lord, what, what, uh, what, uh, where, uh, where are we going? What's the? You talk about a sin of uh, immorality, a sin of ungodliness that's uh, uh, in uh, our uh, world, and, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, so, bring the wineskin, bring the bread, bring the sin offering uh, to God. And uh, I, I thought, Lord, what do you find at the altar? When I bring my goat to the Lord, I find two things. Let's just go from the Old Testament of Samuel. Let's go to the New Testament. If you're here today, you don't know the Lord, you've never experienced an altar, you build an altar, you can build an altar anywhere in the house of God. Build them. Uh, listen, we were, I was traveling with a group of young people. In fact, I was driving the van. We were coming from northern Arkansas. We were in the hills. And we were coming from a, a service. I've forgotten just exactly what it was. But I had 10, 12, 15 young people in the van. And Sister Joseph and my wife was with me. And we were driving these kids uh, back uh, home. Uh, we had been at, at uh, uh, a service in the northern part. And so we were, the kids were just singing and worshiping. And you know how kids get when they get 10 or 12 of them in a van. They were praising God and worshiping. And uh, it was pouring down rain. Pouring down rain. And uh, they kept on singing. And they kept on stomping and shouting. And uh, they said, uh, Pastor, stop the van. Stop the van. Uh, we got to get out. And I, so I... 
I found a place where I could pull over. I stopped the van. They got out of the van and uh, they were shouting and worshiping. They, someone had built an altar. In fact, I think all 12 of them had. And they got out there and it was pouring down rain. They were stomping in the mud and the mud was flying and jumping, praising God, jumping up and down, just having a time. I just let them go. I just let them pray. I said, well, praise God. I sat in the van and... Uh, <laughs> I said, y'all just uh, uh, go ahead. You build an altar. Worship God. Praise Him. When you, come, when you build an altar to God, there's two things that you'll find at the altar that one brought. One was bread. What does bread represent? Paul said it was his body that was broken for you. Thank God. By his stripes we are healed. When you come to the altar, thank God, if you're carrying three goats, one goat, no goats, but you will find, thank God, the Lord's presence, his body that was broken for you. You find what? You find healing. You find blessing. You find strength you'll find his divine touch because he said, thank God, this is my body that was broken for you. The bread is there at the altar. Someone brought it. And you say, what else do you find at the altar? Wine. Someone brought a wineskin, poured it out. Every time you come to God, you will find what? This represents my blood that was shed for you. It's at the altar. Thank God. I find what? I find forgiveness. I find remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. I find remission of sin. I find forgiveness. I find strength from God. Every time you come to the altar, and God, if you're carrying, as I said, three goats, good. Hey God, you're going to find his body that was broken for you. <laughs> you're going to find his blood that was shed for you. So we often come, thank God, you know what? Sometimes individuals come and normally when we call we say individuals that need a touch from God or individuals that need healing, individuals that need prayer, come. We come to God, thank God. Lord, I need your divine touch. I need healing. By your stripes you were healed. Then there's sometimes I want to come to the altar and I just want to say, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your touch. I thank you for your healing. And there's sometimes I just want to pour it out and say, God, here I am. Be merciful. Touch me. Lord, I just want to pour my soul out. 
I want to pour my heart out to God. So whenever, when you build an altar, thank God. If it's in the back of church, in the balcony, build yourself. You're going up to Bethel. You're going up to God. Build the altar, thank God. And say, Lord, here I am. I'm just pouring my heart out. I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank God. I think that, praise God. I think, uh, every time I come to God, I'm carrying a goat. That's a sin offering. <laughs> I say, Lord, uh, forgive me. <laughs> Help me. You say, Brother Joseph, you, well, well, you know what? Sometimes I doubt. And I, I don't know where that thought and that spirit comes from. Let's just say it comes from the enemy. But every now and then a doubt will go through my mind. Well, to Lord, I doubt this. What am I hearing? And then there's sometimes a spirit of fear. Well, that's not of God. But sometimes, yeah. That spirit hits me. I say, Lord, here I, I got doubt in this goat. I got fear in this one. But I'm coming up. Where are you going? I'm going up to Bethel. You say, what are you going to find? His body that was broken for me. He shed his blood for me that I could be forgiven by his stripes, that I could be healed. Where are you going? I'm going there. Hey God, Lord, I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can do this or not, Lord. I'm asking a pretty tough question. God, here's the doubt. I'm giving that to you. Thank God. I'm just saying, I thank you for every blessing.